Well, good evening, FBN. Welcome to the very last uh, session of Proverbs that we will be having, uh, the last uh, Wednesday night or midweek uh, uh, Bible study that we'll have uh, for the year. And so um, uh, it ends on a very, very uh, high note, um, such a solid passage here in Proverbs chapter 31. Um, thank you all so much for your attentiveness to this study, and just uh, we pray that you have been uh, blessed by it. Um, I'm glad to have Kinsey here with me one more time to uh, to finish this out. I mean, you know, what the new year brings is what the new year brings. We're not 100% sure, uh, to be honest, on, on what it's going to be as far as the midweek Bible study. And so uh, we'll kind of keep you on uh, the edge of your seat uh, in that regard and just kind of stay tuned. Uh, we're going to let the holidays come and go and um, get settled into the new year. And then uh, at that time, we'll start uh, talking about uh, what what this experience might look like going forward, who might be doing it, um, and so on and so forth. And so uh, thank you all for being a part of it. We look forward to seeing what it looks like in the future. Um, but we're going to jump into Proverbs chapter 31 uh, this evening, picking up in verse 10 and uh, making our way through verse 31 through the end of the book. And so let's pray. God, thank you so much for uh, just this book of wisdom that we've had the privilege to look at together. I'm very grateful for everyone who has tuned in. I'm grateful for the work that you've done in people's lives as a result of this study. Um, Though uh, the vast majority of it has been in the digital format, um, God, we do uh, trust that you've been able to use it uh, for your people. I'm grateful for those who... um, uh, who have been faithful to it, grateful for the many who uh, probably just saw it uh, at a glance and decided to take a look and uh, um, that you might have used that opportunity even as simple as it was and maybe even as brief as it was to give people just a nugget of wisdom. And um, God, we just uh, oh, we trust you with the future. We trust you with 2021. We trust you with whatever the preaching and teaching series and uh, events look like at FBN going into the new year. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, you've been faithful uh, every single year. And we have no reason to believe that you'll be anything less. And so we, uh, we take great hope in that, confidence in that, and we look forward uh, to what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, if you remember at the start of this, uh, this chapter, uh, we read these words in verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, a pronouncement that his mother taught him. And so what we see in chapter 31 is just a rehearsal of a mother's teaching to her son. Now, King Lemuel, uh, who is the son, uh, we kind of believe that to be uh, um, Solomon himself. Uh, That's what scholars think. I have uh, no scholarly training in these areas, and so I can't say for sure one way or the other. But uh, this is what is popularly believed. And so I find it interesting, if this is King um, Solomon that this is actually referring to, and King Solomon is... Um, deciding to use kind of an anonymous name for himself um, because he maybe wants to emphasize that this was his mother's teaching. I don't know. Um, But if you remember, his mother was Bathsheba. And remember um, who she was. And remember um, just the whole situation with her and David, uh, King David, and how, you know, she was married. And uh, David kind of indirectly murdered her husband by sending him to the front lines. And um, uh, her, uh, Bathsheba, and David... um, you know, she was kind of forced to be his, his wife, in a sense, and uh, it's just a bizarre story, um, and not a whole lot of good feelings come from it, and yet, uh, in Bathsheba's own life, assuming that this is how this is, um, that perhaps these are her thoughts, her teachings to her son. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's a lot of speculation, um, but it's a possibility, and I like to think about it that way, because there's such rich, rich wisdom here, and 
Um, in a way, I see it as kind of God's redemption, you know, um, of Bathsheba being this uh, picture of infidelity um, mm-hmm. because of David's actions. Now we see her talking about just what a good king is, um, talking about what a noble wife is. Um, so it's a pretty cool speculatory, of course, but it's a cool thought of redemption here for Bathsheba. Um, so anyways, uh, we talked about a drunken king last week, basically just these, um, what a king should be. Uh, this week, uh, we'll be talking about uh, a wife of noble character, starting in verse 10. Who can find a wife of noble character? She is far more precious than jewels. All right. Um, so right off the bat, this is something that is uh, wonderful, something that is good, something that is wholesome, something that is amazing to find uh, a woman with such a character that we see described here in Proverbs 31. Um, and he says that she is more precious than jewels, certainly valuable. But in my mind, I think, you know, I've never even barely seen a jewel ever, except for like, you know, um, on on fine jewelry, um, on somebody who can afford it, you know what I mean? So uh, jewels are not a thing to me, really. I can see the value in them. I can see um, how they are so important, but it's kind of a rare thing. And that's the same idea here. There's a, there's a rarity to finding a young woman who has these, or to, to see a wife um, who embraces this mentality of, of such a, a nobility in the way that she does her, um, her living, her lifestyle, you know, her tasks. And so um, I wanted to throw it to Kenzie, just, you know, speak on why you think this is so rare. Um, why is this such a rarity uh, for wives to, to kind of practice this Proverbs 31 principle of what a godly woman is? Yeah, um, it kind of makes me think about um, like um, like nobles are, I don't know, I heard this thing once where like nobles were described, a true gentleman is somebody who puts others at ease and takes care of another person above himself. Um, that's not necessarily always what we see in a true, I mean, like gentlemen of like, like England, you know what I mean? Like the nobility, um, that's not necessarily what you see, but that's the idea behind it. A true gentleman, um, or a true noble person, um, has this quality of caring for others about themselves, above themselves. And the world even sees that the world even sees that that's the better way. That's the more noble way, the more honorable way. And I think God's using that. He, use, he sees that we use that, and I think in his word and in his own heart, a true noble is someone who puts somebody above themselves. So a wife is noble when she can put her family, hmm. her neighbors, her husband, um, all the people that come into her circle above herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just rare, isn't it? I mean, it's just rare for somebody, anybody, to put themselves right. last. Um so this is just a magnifying glass on a wife. And I think he takes the time to do that because wives and mothers and women um, just affect so much. Um, they're obviously Ooh. half of the population. Well, women are. <laughs> but yeah. just that, 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 um, that mark they get to leave on people, um, right. the significant mark they get to leave on the people within their their constant realm, like their husband and their children or grandchildren or, um, or even their parents if the, when they're older. Um, just that mark is so significant. It's not that you have hordes of people in front of you all the time, but you have these few that you spend your life with. Um, and to serve those few people with 
nobility um, and with a, a unique a unique standard of honor is an honor. And it's what God calls us to as Christians because he calls us to, to heavenly things. He calls us to the best things. And he knows that that's the best, not only for the family that's impacted, but for the woman herself mm-hmm. to serve with, um, with just a strength and a dignity, um, knowing who she is and knowing her God and knowing why she's serving her family. Mm-hmm. That's, um, if you find a woman like that, you're going to find a really good thing. And every single person within her realm is going to be blessed by that one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll see the emphasis of husbands and children and um, the emphasis of this woman portrayed here. Of course, this woman, um, you know, this advice about this hypothetical woman, I guess, in these verses, you know, this is almost an ideal situation. These are tenants, you know, by which to shoot for, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, their value, their valuable things um, in the character of uh, of a woman, of a wife, mm-hmm. and so yeah, there's a rarity to it. It is countercultural um, as far as just putting above, you know, putting others above yourself. Um, very countercultural, uh, especially for today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as you women know, are encouraged more and more to make sure you have, you put yourself first, and you have me time, and um, you need to take care of yourself. That's mm-hmm. of course important, but. To go, just accept that you are a servant. Right. That's, that's yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, there's a feminine... Um, I think you'll see uh, in the course of this that, you know, in the, the feminine movement of, of basically women attaining power and acceptance and um, acknowledgement in the portals by which men receive them, yes. typically... Yes. Um, what you'll see here is a woman kind of owning herself as a woman from a godly perspective, and you'll see the power, the real power that's yeah. in that. It's pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's get to it. We're going to just kind of cruise. Uh, there's a lot here, and a lot of it is just kind of synonymous with the next piece. And so we'll kind of cruise, and we'll take a few little breaks here. Um, but uh, um, we don't plan on taking you guys up, you know, for two hours tonight, maybe just like an hour and a half. I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll try to wrap this up uh, 30 to 40 minutes uh, as, as normal. But uh, let's read on verse 11. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will not lack anything good. She rewards him with good, not evil, all of the days of her life. And so here we see kind of this back and forth between, uh, you know, a husband and wife. Um, and it's this idea of trust within the two begetting reward, Right. That ultimate reward being just a, a blessed marriage. You know, when you have trust between each other, um, then you don't have to worry. You don't have to, uh, you know, get just kind of stuck uh, in your own head. Um, you know, people just do better when they feel valued, when they feel trusted. Yeah. Um, and that's what trust is. It's, it's value. It's freedom. It's um, knowing that you've been heard. Um, this all comes in the realm of trust. And by the way, uh, talking about the godly design of headship and help meet. You know, that's what we usually attribute biblically. Um, the, the guy is the headship of the home. He has headship, and then the girl is the help meet. And people think that this is kind of like a, uh, a derogatory thing, that mm-hmm. he's got the head and she's the help meet and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but whenever it's practiced, kind of like what we're already seeing here, verse 11, the heart of her husband trusts in her, right? That's good headship, and he will not lack anything good. And so she rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. And so you already see this godly design playing out, and it's rich, and it's good. And as I've told people, you know, people who have uh, a particular issue with God's design of, of uh, womanhood and manhood, don't diss it until you practice it. 
because when it's practiced good, it's mm-hmm. empowering for everybody. It's mm-hmm. good for everybody. It's a blessing to everyone. And so you can't, you can't shun it. You can't mm-hmm. um, ignore it. You can't downplay it until you experience it and do it in a biblical way. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you, the Lord guarantees you every time you're going to find blessing in it. I would say also watch to observe that because, that, I mean, I know many marriages who operate like this and they have just full full lives with each other and full families. There's just a, a unique wholesomeness to their family. Mm-hmm. Um, not perfect by any means. Every family has their flaws and their tensions, their frictions that will probably be here until the end. <laughs> right. But there's a fullness and a trust there that is unique. Right. Right. I mean, look at, I mean, we try to practice this, you know, Kinsey has nice clothes on. She's not in shackles and chains, you know, <laughs> like this is not what this means. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that's the perception that people have for some reason, yeah. but you've got to get the Lord's way a try. And that's the yeah. case with obedience all the time. Um, you've got to try obedience out and see if the Lord is true to his word. And he always is a hundred percent of the time. So, um, yeah, that's that. Let's move on. Verse 13. She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. She evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. Right? She's just, uh, she has this established sense about her. Um, where she can manage, you know, like she's, she is like the merchant ships bringing food from far away, or right? she's tending to people, she's tending to the servants, she's tending to uh, those in her midst, and she seems to be able to do it constantly, right? She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household. And we're going to look at this in a second, but we're going to talk about this idea of just staying motivated to do this. I mean, look at her constantness. Let's look at verse 17. She draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. Even with everything, right? I think there is actually a physical, you know, um, application to this. I mean, if mm-hmm. you live this way, you're probably going to be physically strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only that, you know, but just her spiritual strength, her strength of character. Verse 18, she sees that her prophets are good and her lamp never goes out at night. Mm-hmm. Now, a few little um, notes I want to make here. First of all, uh, notice, you know, her hands on just the uh, the resources of the home to make all of this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, she's able to sell fields, buy fields. She's able to um, uh, see that her profits are good based on her investment, right? So, so, so there's a, um, I know there's a sense, you know, to, to a lot of people's headship means I'm the financial manager of the home. Um, but there's a lot of uh, relationships and families that we, we know um, where the wife actually just has a better grasp on these things. And so she manages the finances. Um, and to be honest, I don't see any huge, um, I, I don't, that doesn't frustrate me at all, especially mm-hmm. as I read about this woman here who she's, she's got her hands in the, in, the, in, the, in the work, right? She's got these willing hands and she has this sense about her that she is, you know, constant, mm-hmm. rising in the night. Uh, the na- lamp never goes out. Uh, for her. Now, obviously, you need to rest, mm. right? Um, ladies, you need your beauty rest, right? No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but you need your rest. Um, that's not the idea here. The idea here isn't just an anxious woman, you know, mm-hmm. who can't sleep because she's so worried. That is conflicting with the rest of the passage. But there is a sense of motivation that even when the lights are out, 
she still is thinking, praying, uh, concerned, um, caring for her, for her lot, for um, her household, right? Even when nobody's looking, even when, um, and by the way, as a, as a mother, um, you know, it's one of the most underappreciated uh, jobs that there is. Uh, welcome our, our dog here. This is the <laughs> noisemaker. Stupid interruption to the Sorry. Bibles. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know, Kenzie, speak to that, you know, this idea of, you know, be, knowing that your kids aren't always going to give you the fullest of, of appreciation, you know, for all of the things that you do. Sometimes mm-hmm. your husband won't even. Mm-hmm. How do you stay? You don't have to agree with that so, so full <laughs> I'm just I'm just taking in what you're saying. I understand yeah. what you're saying. Not like, yeah, so, they never thank me. No. Yeah. But you how do. do you stay motivated? What are the things that you have adopted yeah. to help you in that? I think one of the paramount ones is I am serving the Lord. Like, I truly am. I, I know that anything that I'm not thanked for here. I'm going to feel, I'm going to see the, the fruit of that with him. And it's going to be so much better than anything that I could get on this side. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I still need acknowledgement in a while, and I still need encouragement and all that. I need to feel loved. Um, but ultimately, my satisfaction truly comes from the Lord. Um, I, and he's, he's gone so far as to develop an unrest in me if I feel like I've neglected my role. I, he's, he's developed in me the appreciation for this role of homemaker, um, that I am unique in my home. Nobody else can do what I can do in this home. And he's given me certain gifts that I can use to uniquely serve Adam. I can uniquely serve Larissa McKinley and Malachi, and I can instill something in this home that when other people come in, they get something unique. I don't get a paycheck, but of, of cash, mm-hmm. <laughs> of American dollar bills, but I do get the satisfaction of serving someone who died for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that I'm not only getting the satisfaction of that right now, but I'm going to see the, the fruit of that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, on top of that, I, I have a, the peace of knowing and the peace coming from my family. They all know that I care and that I'm here for them, first of all, um, that they're getting that that authenticity from me that they can't get from anybody else. They're getting that, just that richness from me that they can't get from anybody else. It's not flimsy. It's wholehearted. um, And it's only that way because of the Lord. In and of myself, I get really tired. I do not get up at the crack of dawn. There's lots of things in this list that I do not do and things that God is calling me to that I still don't do, that I need to grow in. This is not a perfection thing. This is not like... Right. check it off the list kind of thing. This is about your authenticity. This is about doing in the dark what will eventually be seen in the light. And there's a lot I still need to work on. But mm-hmm. God has been so faithful in laying a foundation of understanding exactly my value um, in serving my family in a way that no other person can. Um, mm-hmm. No other person gets to be married to him. And no other person gets to be my kids' mom, which is huge. <laughs> And I don't take that lightly, and that's a gift. And um, and that's the circumstance for everybody. Exactly. All families, all husbands, all wives. Exactly. And it is a gift. Yeah. And we, we had a conversation about this not that long ago because there's a, there is a victim mentality that a lot of moms have and dads have, I think, too, with just their kids. And we, we're tested often with our challenging one, you know, Malachi, who's such a joy and such a pleasure and such a treat, but also uh, so chaotic. And it's just mm-hmm. hard to... Um, understand him uh, a lot of times and it really just tests us 
Um, but to just not be in that victim mentality of right. like, oh my gosh, this kid is uncontrollable. What am I supposed to do? And just trying to find childcare all the time because, you know, we just need a break constantly. Right. Right. If you see this as a gift um, and a season, <laughs> you know what I mean? It gives you that extra oomph, I think, to, yeah. uh, to do what, what you've been called to do. Um, Gratitude has to be a pillar mm-hmm. of any kind of service. Yeah. Or it's just, yeah. it's not going to have any, any um, long term. Right. Right. That's a good point, though. There's a, it's just a general principle. You know, it's a gift, not a burden. There's a lot of things that we can. Yes. I think we can apply that yep. to in life. But this is certainly. Yeah. And certain, going back to you're not a victim, one. like right. we talked about um, last week. Just we are saved by the Lord, and you right. can be saved by the Lord, and you don't have to act like a victim. You don't have to be that victim of your family, of your of your call. Like it's a gift, um, mm-hmm. and it's only going to feel like that when you decide to think like that. Mm. Um, yeah, and gratitude and is a big, right. big part of that. Right, that's good. Thank you. Uh, verse nineteen. She, she extends her hands to the spinning staff, and her hands hold the spindle. I'm assuming that's like how they sewed back then, maybe making clothes or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, her hands reach out to the poor, and she extends her hands to the needy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this because not only does she have this tight grasp and tight understanding and tight. Um, um, you know, uh, just helping her own household, her own family flourish. Yeah. But she also has this extension of her yes. hand, right? She extends her hands to the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle, right? So she has this place of extending her hands to uh, to the plow for her own family, but also her hands reach out to the poor. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, she has very dynamic hands, <laughs> you know, that tend to the inner workings, but also to those beyond um, the needy as well. Uh, Verse 21, she's not afraid for her household when it snows, for all in her household are doubly clothed. She makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple, right? So again, very uh, homemaking themes here. Uh, Clothing your kids is a chore. Um, (laughs) I can't tell you how many times (laughs) I see Kinsey just disappear and come back with bags and Somehow she's able to come back with bags of clothes that spend so little money, you know what I mean? But the clothes last forever. Uh, it's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, until they grow out of them, of course. But um, there's a lot to this, right, to make sure um, and to be able to do it to a place where I think it's interesting that it says she's not afraid for her household because of the work that she's put into it, mm. um, we all know anxiety, depression, all these things are a real thing, and there's uh, even some of it that comes along with, with parenting, you know. Um, but I, you know, if it is, if you are capable of it, um, to spare yourself of those anxious moments by just having forethought, by being a hard worker, putting your hands to the plow, doing what you need to do, it might hurt your hands for a little bit, and it might be inconvenient if it feels like, but it doesn't compare to the peace of knowing that your kids are cared for. Yeah. Um, and so that's a really good little uh, piece here. Verse 23 um, is strong for me as a husband. It says, her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders uh, of the land. And I attribute this to her, right? Her husband, because of all that she does, imagine if, if she didn't do this. And the husband still loving his kids, you know, well, he needs to make sure that they're doubly clothed. He needs to, to go to the spindle and he needs to go purchase all of this stuff. And he has to do, imagine how hard it would be for him to manage life without her doing these things, without her helping him so that he can be known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. I'm guessing making vital decisions 
for the community and, you know, on and on. And so I kind of relate to this, not because I'm somebody, uh, but I'm a pastor. And uh, um, I think um, Kinsey's greatest gift to me is caring for all these other things so that I can tend to FBN in a way that is talked about here. I can sit among the elders, literally. Um, I can invest any mental capacity and spiritual capacity for that ministry because I don't have to worry about this stuff here. Um, I do, and I'm, I'm a part of it, and I still try to practice headship in it, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't have to worry about it because she's got it, you know? Um, and so I get to enter into this world whenever I come home, but at the same time, she covers so much so that I can go and, and do what I do for FBN. And so uh, I'm a pastor, but, you know, if you're uh, an electrician, if you're, you know, if you have any other kind of just uh, job of the world that uh, contributes to society, like it's the same thing. Uh, it's the same thing. And so um, I, I attribute this to to her. Um, it affords uh, the man to to have this this place um, in the community and in uh, the context in which they're at. And so that's a strong verse for me, verse, 20, verse 23. Uh, let's move on. Verse 24, she makes and sells linen garments, and she delivers belts to the merchants. Okay, strength and honor are her clothing, and she can laugh at the time to come. Let's look at 24 for a second, go back to that. She makes and sells linen garments, right? Again, um, um, if your hand is so heavy on your woman that you don't allow her to even like make money, that's not necessarily a biblical concept. You know what I mean? If headship means I'm the one who makes the money, I am the one who sells the things, you know, but that's your concept of it. Again, uh, another little verse there that, you know, she's allowed to make money. You know what I mean? Um, it contributes to the household. It's, it's part of that. Okay. Um, verse 25, it kind of gets a little more uh, you know, metaphoric here. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she can laugh at the time to come. Mm-hmm. It says uh, that her mouth speaks wisdom and loving direction. Uh, loving instruction is on her tongue, and she watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. Again, that's that motivation, right? She has this a sense about her, as Kenzie talked about earlier, that maybe she has uh, the Lord's glory in mind, and so she is able to to never be just in idol, you know. Mm-hmm. But strength and honor are her clothing, right? Um, I love this because these are apparent, these are tangible. Uh, she's clothed in it. Um, and you, when you're around women or whenever you're, you know, trolling women on social media or, you know, what, whatever it is, when I, whatever um, you use to kind of gauge the character of a woman, um, strength and honor shouldn't be hard to find because a woman should be clothed in it. Um, and if you have to, you know, invest six months of your life into getting to know a person before you can really make a good judgment call on if that person uh, has the strength of character and honor, um, then you probably it's probably not there <laughs> because when you're clothed in something, it is you. It's your identity. It just kind of flows. And so... Um, you know, I've, I've being in student ministries, college ministries, uh, we've had plenty of people who uh, they're so hopeful in this guy or in this girl. They're so hopeful that the relationship could happen because they like the person. It's probably a good person. Uh, but there's some conflict when it comes to spiritual things and some character things. But they're so hopeful that they'll they'll stick it out with the relationship as long as they need to until they have enough evidence to mm-hmm. give someone that this person actually has some credibility to them when it comes to biblical standards. 
And if it takes you six months to develop that evidence list, then it's probably not real because anything good at this level should just come. It should just flow. Uh, you're clothed in it. It's who you are, right? Um, and so I don't know. You know, we're talking about this from husband and wife's perspective, but there's so much rich content here for singles, uh, for people who are looking for love, for people who are dating, um, you know, is the person uh, that you are interested in, do they seem to match up with what the Bible would describe as a godly man, a godly woman? And if there are contradictions and conflicts with that, right? Of course, nobody's fully mature. Um, mm-hmm. And so give people grace. But if there's, no, if, if there's conflict with just these essentials, yeah. right, then you can, you know, don't, don't tie yourself to it for the next four years, hoping that they're going to change and then come out on the other side of that regretful. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't do that. <laughs> uh, I wish I had better advice for you, but I feel like that's pretty good advice in and of itself. Um, all right, let's move on real fast, uh, just to be respectful of your time. And again, uh, we could have done six months just in this chapter alone, just in this section alone. So we are flying through, but please, uh, uh, study it for yourself and, and take these things in yourself. But here is where we get to just this, you know, these last four verses are just, when we were talking about just uh, um, the power of godly femininity, right, um, and and how God's version of feminism is so rich and so good, even as it falls in line with his design for husband and wife. This is where it shows itself. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed, right? Her husband also praises her. Many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. Okay, um, She is cherished by her family. I've never met a woman who doesn't desire that. Um, I have met plenty of women who don't feel that at times because when you have children under the age of seven, you're not going to feel that all the time. And when you have busy husbands, sometimes they forget um, right? Uh, you might need to wait a few years for your children to grow up before you start really feeling this. But listen, as a 34-year-old man, uh, I have nothing uh, but love and honor for my parents. I didn't have it for them then, and I grow in it every single day. Mm-hmm. But the more I'm with them and the more I think about the effort that they put into raising me, mm-hmm. all it is is blessing coming from me. Um, they were so good, and they did their very, very best. And so um, whether or not they felt it in the moment, they left a good legacy, you know. And so that, you might have to play the waiting game, but still, uh, there's going to be blessing there, okay. Um, And the idea here, too, you know, you've done noble things. Sure, what you do is good. Uh, Good deeds are good, right? Um, But you surpass them all. all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, right? So you've done good things, and you look good, right? Charm is whatever. You know, beauty, it's there, but it's, it's deceptive, and it's fleeting compared to, right? Mm-hmm. Compared to a woman who fears the Lord, just her relationship with God, her reverence before God. Everything else is secondary, if that, mm-hmm. right? Um, what is most important is where her fear, where her trust, where her reliance fully lies. And if that's in the Lord, then it's a win, and you can work with everything else, you know what I mean? But, but that is so, so huge. 
to not just gauge your character based simply on on kind of you know surface level things that you do. Certainly not on you know the exterior adornments, but on the richness of your faith. Um, this is what most matters in all ways. And so, uh, kind of lastly here, um, I want to toss it to Kenzie. You know, there's there's been a few places in here what's talked about the mother uh, the well it actually ends this way verse 30 verse 31 give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates right as a husband we're called to this um, and it says in verse 28 that her husband uh, praises her uh, this is a theme in here that there's this character there there's this back and forth here that the husband praises this woman and kind of encourages her to do what what the bible is talking about here and so Kinsey, from a woman's perspective, um, and you can throw me under the bus if you want, but just <laughs> no. in general, what are the things that no. that are um, that that we can do, um, and maybe just in your own circles, without naming names, things that you've heard of, what that that we can do as husbands who desire to be godly husbands, mm-hmm. encourage you to this specifically, not mm-hmm. to just do what you want, not to just give you freedom from your kids, and you know yeah. all that kind of right. stuff, but to encourage you to this, right, right. In a way that's not domineering and all that stuff. Sure, sure. I mean, first of all, I think a great way to encourage a woman is to make sure that she's getting her main flow of encouragement from the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe quietly observe your wife. Make sure she's, you know, not relying even too heavily on the praise of others. Hmm. If that's a good foundation to start with. And then from there, I just keep thinking of, you know, the love languages. That is such a good tool to make sure she feels that love, that she feels like she's being poured into. Um, I'm sure she's spending a lot of time pouring into all of y'all, all of the family, like constantly and, and probably sprinkling her preferred love language on everyone or, you know, paying attention to yours or, you know, just the love. Make sure the love is flowing back and forth um, mm-hmm. and acknowledging the work of her hands. I think... Um, yeah. um, it might be easy to comment on outward things, um, but to comment on her strength, to comment on the dignity that she does her job with, to comment on the things that God is calling her to, pulling those things out in front of her when you notice them in her, um, mm. not just commenting on, you know, of course tell her she's beautiful, of course tell her that, you know, all those all those easy ways, um, do all of those natural ways, mm-hmm. but to, to notice things in her that she's, that she's trying to be like the like what the Lord is asking her to be. Um, I think mm. that encourages her, of course, in her day to day things. But that is like, you know, one bird with two wait, no, Kill. two birds with one stone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, to to encourage her, and then also to to steer her back towards being the woman that God is calling her to be, not the woman that you want her. To be for mm-hmm. you so that everybody, you know, mm-hmm. um, so just to encourage her that way to pull out the things that she's doing that the Lord is asking her to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think another thing, especially, um, um, I don't want to single out young mothers because everybody has their hard thing, no matter what their life is. But I will say that young mothers or mothers with young children are spent physically constantly. <laughs> Um, so making sure that she gets a true Sabbath, a true Sabbath time at some point regularly. I know that, you know, Sunday is supposed to be a Sabbath day, but mm-hmm. dishes still need done. Diapers still need changed. Kids still need to be wiped down. 
Um, the table still needs to be cleaned up. You know, things are still happening and still need to be done for the house to function. Mm -hmm. Um, so making sure that she gets a true Sabbath rest at some point. Um, actually all of these things are things that I've noticed Adam do for me. Um, but that one in particular, given our stage of life has, um, carried me for months, sorry, sometimes, um, you know, there was a time in the summer where he, he, I love being outside. I love being in the trees. I love just quietness and, um, at any point in life, but especially right now, um, he got a night for me at a local state park and just to be able to be in the trees and go for a walk at my own pace and pray and just to be quiet that has fed me for months going, you know, going, mm -hmm. um, like right now <laughs> still. Um, and so just find that thing for your wife or, or the young mother that's in your life. If, if you know of a single mother, especially during this year, it's hard having kids when there's two of us. If you know of a single mother that has been doing this on her own this year, give that woman a break. Um, be her family and reach out to mm. her and you know, let her know her kid will be safe with her for a night or two and let her just go and have some quiet time mm -hmm. um, or something, anything. Um, but just to look out for our young mothers and especially single mothers, mm -hmm. um, I think is really important. And those are just a couple ways. And I'm sure your wife can give you some more ideas. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. I would love, you know, if bare minimum, and we usually love this, you know, I think Brett could attest to this too. If you, you know, preach a sermon and you come out of the end of the sermon and you just, man, I just hope people talk about this at least one more time past me just talking to them about it this morning, mm. today, tonight, whatever. <laughs> man, if, you know, I think so much of good ministry is just sparking discussions and sparking conversations, sparking questions. And, um, you know, if for what it's worth, I hope tonight um, there would be an honest conversation, you know, that, that couples would, would think about it, uh, that women would think about where they're at and at, you know, uh, dialogue with themselves even. But, you know, have those conversations, get them on the table, um, talk about, you know, uh, where each other is at, you know, where, where you're each at feeling just, you know, exhausted on the exhaustion level, you know, one being well, I'm feeling great to 10 being like I'm done. I need a Sabbath. I haven't had one for years and I just I need something, you know. Um, she referred to uh, the love languages message. It's, uh, I think it's Dr. Gary Chapman. It might have yeah. been somebody else, no, but, uh, right. um, he, he wrote this book and it's just like kind of taken over the world a little mm -hmm. bit when it comes to just marriage. Um, but also, you know, parenting and that kind of stuff. And it's these five love languages. And the whole idea is, uh, to love your spouse in the way that they want to be loved, uh, rather than how we want to be loved. Right. So if one of my love languages is gifts or physical touch, then for me to get, and hers is words of encouragement. Then if I just get her gifts that might make <laughs> me feel good, but what she really needs for me to do is to is to give her some some, some clear words. words of encouragement and uplift, upliftment. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So um, we're going into the Christmas time. By the way, this is our tendency. We're all going to give each other gifts that we would like, <laughs> but, yeah. but we're not without thinking about what they would like. The yeah. whole love language is an idea. Is that you love them in a way that particularly fills up their tanks, mm -hmm. um, and you get your head out of your own self, quit thinking about everything that you want, and like the idea here, I think if you have two people working together to fulfill God's design, focusing on what the other person needs, yeah. it flourishes, it mm -hmm. thrives, it's so good, and so uh, that's a lot. We'd love to follow up with anybody, yeah. anytime, at all times. 
Um, but hopefully uh, you have uh, some some content here to think about, to pray about. And uh, ultimately, we just want to be good people of good character because Mm -hmm. we have Jesus Christ residing within us. Uh, We have his Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience. We have the character of Christ Mm -hmm. within us. And if we don't put it on display, if we are not clothed in these things, it's not his fault, it's ours. And there's probably some work to be done. And Mm so um, my guess is is that everyone, including us, we have work Mm -hmm. to do. And so uh, talk about it, have these conversations, use your church, use your church leaders, um, use um, anybody else in the church as well uh, to make this happen. And uh, we'd love to encourage you towards this. Listen, we love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of Proverbs. We just hit the 40-minute mark here, so thank you for a little longer uh, time tonight. Thank you, Kenzie, for tuning in. You're beautiful. Aw. Love you guys. Um, Hope you have a good rest of your holidays, and we will see you in 2021. Bye. Love you. Bye.